thank you for today. And we are here, and what we ask for most of all is your presence. We ask that you would speak to us, speak clearly, you would move in our hearts, and we would leave here changed people. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? You can be seated. Thank you for braving the snow. Anybody leaving this service and going skiing? That's the, the, the 8.30 is the ski service. They show up in their snow pants, ready to go. No lie. Well, we are in a stewardship series, and we just came off a week where I talked about stewarding your time that God's given you. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go listen to it. It will um, give you insight into stewardship in a way that will flavor all the rest of these messages. And so go um, listen on the Orchard app or on SoundCloud or on iTunes. We're going to post the video of last week's sermon today. And you can catch up with us there. But we want to continue in this stewardship series. Next week will be our last week in the stewardship. And then we got some cool series coming up after that. Today I want to discuss the principle of being stewards of our talents, of our giftedness, of our abilities. And this may seem like a smaller topic, but the more I looked at it in God's word, the more you see that how we steward our abilities and our talents and our gifts, it's very important to God. It matters to him. And so just a little bit of review from a few weeks ago, stewardship is the, ability, is the ability to manage the affairs and resources of the owner. And that's the, first time, that's the first and sometimes the hardest paradigm shift to make, is that I'm a steward, I'm not the owner. That God's the owner, and I'm stewarding, I'm managing, I'm tending the, the resources and the life that he has given me. That when it comes to my time, my talent, and my treasure, I'm a steward, not an owner. I can't take everything with me from this life. Everything I'm working for and with is from his hand. And as, as I often say, it's all God's anyways. All my time, all my talent, all my treasure. It's all God's anyways. And now with that said, let's look at how God sees our talents and abilities. And I want to go back into the parable we started with a couple weeks ago in Matthew 25. The parable of the talents. And, and, and this parable is so rich, I never want us to assume, because we preached about it a few weeks ago, that we got all the wisdom out of it. There's always new layers of these parables. And so turn or scroll or read along with me to Matthew 25, verse 14. And a little bit of context first. Jesus began this teaching because someone asked, what's your kingdom like? What's your kingdom like in heaven and on earth? What, what's, what's it like? And so Jesus, whenever he starts to talk about what his kingdom is like, we should lean forward and listen at what he says. And so here in Matthew 25, 14, he says, my kingdom will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. You see, Jesus, this man, this master, is leaving for an undisclosed amount of time, and he's entrusting his resources to his people. Now, this should sound familiar. This is us. Jesus came, and he entrusted us with the mission to move it forward. He entrusted us. And then he's leaving. he left for an undisclosed time, but he's coming back. Next verse 15, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to their ability, and then he went on his journey. Now remember what I told you a few weeks ago, that when it says bags of gold here, the actual word is talent. Talent was an enormous measure of precious metal, the biggest. And so one talent of gold is worth more than 20 years wages. The one talent that the third steward got is a huge amount of money. And for the remainder of this parable, I want us to use the original word here of talent as we look at our talents, our abilities. So Jesus is saying something about his kingdom. I'm leaving. 
But my ways and my mission must continue. And I'm, I'm giving my resources, I'm giving talents out to each person. Some get five, some get two, some get one. And the first thing we do when we read this, I don't know if you've ever read this, and you go, well, which one am I? Did God give me like the five talent, the two talent, or the one talent? And we're always like tempted to go, oh, I'm just a one talent person. Or <laughs> I got five. I'm in the five category. And what I want to say today is this. Let's just all agree to put ourselves in the middle. That there are people that have more talents than us in some ways, and there's people that have less talent than us in other ways. So put yourself in the middle. Let's stop comparing. Let's move forward with the talent parable to see what God would say about how he's given talents. Because the reality is, whether it's the five, the two, or the one, he's given generously. These are talents to last a lifetime. Each human is gifted by God. Some in more obvious ways, some in less obvious ways, but we are each given talent. And this isn't hard to get our minds around. I mean, you have within you raw talents that you've had for your entire life. You were born with some abilities. I mean, remember when you were in school, it'll be hard for some of us, but remember back when you were in school and it became obvious pretty early that there were some kids that, that finished the test before you and got more right and some that finished after you and got less right and, and you began to see, that oh, there's this. And then you went on the schoolyard and you would race and, and, it's, and one guy or girl would be like the first and then you, it was, it, there was always measures of different talents right immediately. We've, we've grown up seeing this our whole lives. We've all gone through life seeing people with different mixes of talents, some more obvious than others. And in researching this sermon, I spent some time watching these videos of, of child prodigies. You know, YouTube and Wikipedia, that's where I get all my good material, right? And so I'm, I'm there on YouTube, and I'm just, I got sucked, and I'm watching these child prodigy videos, and some of them are just incredible. And I picked one out right here. Let's just watch this video, this, this little guy playing some guitar. You can keep playing it, but turn down a little bit. So, so I played guitar for two decades. I, I can still play three chords, which means I can play most all worship songs. I, I, I practiced. I tried. My ability never got me there. And so as I watch these stuff, but I do want to make that face while I'm preaching, like when I'm in like the midst of just like a, I, I want to do that. Let's go ahead. Let's keep, let's keep moving on. You see, some of us have obvious and exceptional talent. Some have not so obvious talent. And there's lots in the middle. And this morning, I just want us to remember, we are in that middle category. Let's settle it there and let's move forward. So let's look at talent for a second. I mean, you, you were born with the personality you were born with. You were born with a certain amount of raw leadership ability, communication style, mental acumen, a certain bent toward emotional intelligence, and many other factors that make you, you. You have an, maybe you're one of those that had an innate ability to be, like, creative. You've always been creative. Or, or you, you are one of those that when there's chaos, you can see how to organize it. Maybe you are always a big picture person, or maybe, maybe in the group you're always the funny one. Or maybe you were born with certain physical gifts, or, or coordinated and athletic, or, or perhaps it was singing and musical ability. You see, all of our lives have come preloaded with some natural talent and ability and giftedness. And the odds are that we've not really given much thought to this because we've always had it. And if we've always had it, it's mine. <laughs> this is just the way I was born. But remember, remember, we're talking about stewardship. You are a steward, not an owner. 
And God gave you certain gifts and abilities that you would steward them in your life. He gifted you for the purpose and the destiny he had ahead. Listen to the wisdom and clarity from God's word on this. God knew you before you were born. It says in Psalm 139, 13, God, you formed my inmost being, my heart, my soul, my mind, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. This is a good one. God knows the number of hairs on your head, Luke 12, 7. The very hairs on your head are numbered. For some of us, we are very aware of it as the numbers decreasing each day. <laughs> Psalm 139, 16. God, your eyes saw my unformed body, and all my days were written in your book. There's a destiny for you in God's book. See, God created you. He knit you together. What he's saying is this. You're not some cosmic accident. You were created and formed and knit and known before you breathed your first breath. You weren't just a cluster of cells. You were handcrafted and loved and known before you even said one word. God knew you'd be an introvert. He knew you'd be an extrovert. He knit your, together your heart and your mind. He knew your personality, but he didn't stop there. Listen to this. In 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift. And as if our breath and our life and, and who we are isn't enough gifts, he gives us a gift for how we, an ability, a, a talent. He places these things in us. Exodus 31, this is an interesting place, way in the Old Testament where God is telling Moses to go build the temple. And he instructs Moses to go find this man, Bezalel. He says, go find Bezalel. And Moses is like, what? I'm building the temple. Go find Bezalel, God says. It says this. God says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze. I gifted him to cut and set stones and work in wood and to engage all kinds of crafts. Also, I've given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I've commanded. God has gifted his people with abilities to accomplish the purposes he put before them. And this Bezalel guy was full of skills, and God tells Moses, I, I made him that way, and I made him that way to fulfill the purposes that I'm doing. And I just want to remind you that God's gifted you Bezalel probably thought that, I've just always been good with my hands and doing crafts and, and carving. God says, I put that there. And so for you, think a, think a second about your talents, your abilities, the things that you just kind of take for granted. I've always been like this, and, and some I've invested in and developed, and through diligence I've, I've worked hard to, to raise up. But what, what talent and skill and ability have you, you have in you? You know, some are so natural, it, it never occurred to us they were gifts. I mean, hospitality for some of you is so effortless that you didn't know that it was a gift from God to connect and make people feel welcome. Maybe you're that one in the group that's always the funny one. This is just how I that's how God, this is who I am. Maybe God, God, God put that gift in you to connect with people. Maybe it's leadership and, and you grew into it, but that raw ability was there, the gift to lead people. I mean, go down the list of talents and know that just like this man, Bezalel, God planted in you skills and talents and gifts to accomplish the purposes and the destiny that he has ahead of you. He says, I made you like that. I put that in there. He's the gift giver. It's all his anyways. And so in this parable, we find that God gave talents in different amounts to his people. Now, I want you to notice they didn't earn it. They didn't, they didn't, all, they, all they did was receive it, and that's where we find ourselves. We didn't earn the gifts and talents and abilities we have. God placed those in there, and we just received them. 
We also learn from this parable that the talents we are given are not resources to just leverage for our own purposes and own kingdom. You see, in the parable, the master gave the talents to these stewards so they could leverage them to give back and grow his purposes. And God has resourced each one of us with a talent to grow his kingdom. Now, when I say his kingdom, that means his purposes, that, that our life, that, that what I have in, in my life, my abilities, I would leverage to grow and move and advance his purpose of loving God and loving people, bringing redemption and salvation. The Bible and this parable make it very clear that our talents, our gifts, are from God and for God. And regardless of the, the title or, or position you find yourself in or circumstances, we have each been uniquely gifted. Back to the parable. Let's see how God views stewardship. It says, The man who received five talents went at once and put his talents to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents leveraged his and gained two more. But the man who received one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and he buried his master's gift. Two responses, two invest and leverage immediately, and one, one digs a hole and hides it. And after a long time, the master of the servants returned to settle accounts. He, he came back to, to hold them accountable for how they handled and leveraged and res, the resources that he had given them. And now remember, he's talking about his kingdom. He's talking about the way his kingdom operates. That's the question he's answering here. And so in verse 20 and verse 22, the first two stewards come forward and they let him know that they have leveraged their talents and they have advanced his purposes and they have doubled the talent. And listen to what he says. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few things, but I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. I mean, this is amazing. The two come back and they reveal they have made gains with the resources that were entrusted to them. And they were rewarded immensely. But then the third servant, the, the third steward steps forward. And the third steward had, had dug his talent up. I mean, he'd, he'd had one, he had buried it, and he dug it up and he had it. And nothing was lost. He didn't lose the talent. It's right here. It wasn't a bad investment. He got it back. One talent given no talents lost. If God were truly concerned with the talent, he would have been fine with this. But as we've discussed, the, thir the third steward proves that not only is he a bad steward, but he did not know the heart of the master. And Jesus, the master, was not pleased with the third steward and how he leveraged the talent given him. And so it says that he cast them away from his, his presence. And we learn from this some very heavy application. In this parable, we see a clear guideline, and this, this. We learn that God cares less about our giftedness and more about our faithfulness. God values our faithfulness over our giftedness. You see, God gave us the talent as a gift, and it matters to him how we tend it far more than that we simply have it because he put it in there. It wasn't given to us to remain stagnant. Talents and abilities they were given so we could, we, there could be diligence and investment and training and leveraging. God values faithfulness far above giftedness. But we are not like that, are we? Man, we love the gifted and talented. Our society, our culture worships the gifted, worships the talented. We buy their music, we wear their jerseys, their books, and we follow them on Instagram, and we admire them, and some people wish they were like them. 
We worship the gifted. We worship the gift. But if you'll notice the master's words for the first two stewards, well done, good and faithful steward. You have been faithful. He didn't tell the one with five talents, well done, talented. He said, you've been faithful. He values faithfulness over giftedness. And why? Because he is the gift giver. He's the author of talent, and therefore he's not enamored by our talent. He put it there. He wants us to be faithful for, with what he's given us. In order to, I want us to remember, you've been gifted by God. And the world, since you were born and can remember, the world has judged you based on your talents and abilities. From the day you could race in the schoolyard and take a test to go to college, wherever you've gone, your talents and abilities have been the way that people have probably judged you. And the way we've moved ahead or fallen behind. But I want you to see that God cares far more about our faithfulness with the talent than just the giftedness he's placed there. Where you're talented, he wants to see you leveraging that talent for his purpose. Where you're gifted, he wants to see that you're investing it for his kingdom. And where you have abilities, he wants to see that you are using the abilities he placed in you for his mission of salvation and redemption of this world. See, when we stand before God, he's not going to say, Oh, well done, good and talented son. I'm just impressed with how gifted you are. Those grades were incredible. You guys see this? He's not going to say, well done, good and gifted daughter. I'm blown away. The filters you use on Instagram, who would have even considered those? What he's going to say is this. He's going to say, listen, well done, good and faithful daughter. I gifted you, and you were so faithful in the way that you leveraged it for my purposes. Well done, good and faithful son. I, I granted you so much talent, and, and, and many who came into your presence came to know me because of you. Well done. You see, each of you are gifted by God uniquely, and he gave us these gifts to move and advance his purposes and his mission of loving God and loving people. And some of you are blessed with great influence in our community. You have a gift of leadership, and God gave you that gift for a purpose. But it wasn't just to build up our small kingdom or small agendas. God gives the gift of leadership to, to lead. As I said in Romans, if you have the gift of leadership, then do so diligently. God gives leaders that gift to lead people to know God better. Some of you can teach, and God gave you the talent of teaching so that you could bring education and in the process bring redemption and better people's lives. Some of you are blessed with the ability to see those who are hurting. And God gave you that gift so that you could be part of the healing process as you are there and you love them the way God would want them to be loved. And some of you serve behind the scenes in vastly effective ways. You, God gave you gifts of organizing or, or, or doing some things in the background that no one ever sees, but to make it all happen. Some of my heroes aren't present in this room right now. You see, there are people up there right now in those classrooms teaching our children, and they're heroes of mine. And, and, we, and we think, oh, they're just up there. They're, they're babysitting or they're watching kids and whatever. They are leveraging the gifts that God gave them. And there's something that happens there that's beautiful. They are changing legacies as they build the foundation of the future church. My kids will often come home and I'll ask them about something. They'll, they'll, they'll say some line that is so good. I know it didn't come from me. I can't preach that good. I was like, where did you hear that? 
I was, I was in class last month. I was like, I gotta write this down. There are people up there right now not being paid a cent watching your children, our children, investing in the future church. But it goes beyond that. You see, they're also doing that so that we can sit in here and for one hour we can have a moment where we can have uninterrupted time to hear from the Spirit of God. They're up there doing that so that God could change our hearts and so that we could parent differently on the other side of that. You see, it's not just a small thing. And then we have our growth group leaders, our small group ministry. This is our primary ministry of the church. You know, we have growth group hosts. And, and, and some of our hosts are introverts. They don't want to talk to anybody. They just love hosting, so they'll sit at the table and they'll set all the stuff. And, 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 and they do that great. And so the group can meet and have a place. And then we have growth group leaders who are gifted in a different way. And, and they're leading the conversation. And in those growth groups, people's lives are changing and transforming because they're simply leveraging their, their gifts on a weeknight in their living room. See, whatever your talent in life, the parable makes it clear. Jesus says, listen, I, I, I left, and I left this mission and the, these talents in your hands to be about my purposes. But, but I'm coming back. I am coming back. And, and I don't want to be that third steward. I want to leverage my abilities and my life in such a way that when God sees me, he says, well done, good and faithful son. You see, we're all built differently. You're not like, maybe you're, you don't, you're not like the guitarist. You're not like the bassist. And, and no one's like a bassist, right? We can just agree on that. But, but we're, not, we're not all gifted the same. And there are people who, who make Sunday mornings happen that you never see. There are people that come and fill these in the dead of night so no one sees them serve. They don't want any recognition. They don't want anybody to, they're, they're behind the scenes. And there are people who do things that are very visible, but we all have different gifts, and it's finding our place. It's finding our stage. Romans 12 says this, we all have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with the, your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do that cheerfully. Whatever your gift is, it's from God, and it's for God. And Paul didn't mince words. If you've been given this, then do this. Then just do it. God put this in there. Go do it. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards, as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves... They should do so with the strength God provides. Why should we do all this with our gifts? So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. That when, when we exercise, when we leverage, when we step out and, and use the gifts that God has given us, that in all things, God is praised. Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, People will see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. Good works are your abilities in action. Good works are when you begin to leverage the gifts that he's given you to love God and love people. And that when we do that, it gives glory to God. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork. We are, listen, you are handcrafted. He put you together. You are created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. That your abilities would be in action, which God prepared in advance for you to do. There are good works out there waiting for you to do them that no one else can do like you. 
In your family, at your work, in your life, did you know no one else is more qualified than you to do them? And we're like, well, I'm going to leave those big things to the pastor or the professional. Or this God placed you where you are, how you are, with the gifts you have to do what only you can do. Your neighbor can't do it like you. Your pastor can't. Your spouse can't. No one can do it like you can. And that's the beauty of this, that God uniquely made you to further his kingdom. If God would have wanted somebody else to do it, he would have put them there. But it's you. It's you in the way he made you. We have a mission, love God and love people. Reveal Jesus and lead people to him. And you are the person that the people around you need to hear that from. Based on this parable, it's clear that God will hold us accountable for how we've stewarded our life. I mean, he's going to ask, how did, how did you leverage what I entrusted you? He came back and he settled accounts with his stewards. And I want to know how we're doing with this. How are you doing with the talents that God has gifted you? The, the way that God has uniquely put you together, how are you investing that into God's purposes? The way God has uniquely gifted you with abilities, how are you using those to further his mission of redemption and salvation? One of my favorite examples of this is our worship pastor, Micah. I mean, we, she's been up here for so long, and we just, we, Micah is amazing. What a gift of this child. Yes, she is such a gift to this church. Amazing talent. For two years, Micah sat in the back and, and was afraid to come forward. And, and I, that's not any indictment on her. We're all afraid to step out. It's a risk to step out. If I said, hey, come up here and sing on the stage, there's going to be a U-sized hole in the wall as you run out of here. It's a big risk. She had talent, and with some encouragement, she stepped forward. And her gifting and her talent is something that not only we have come to love here on Sunday mornings, but something that the entire Thousands of people around here have come to hear and see. Micah is a full-time cardiac nurse who looks at people's open hearts, but every Sunday she's up here on stage opening her heart so that we can engage in worship with God, leveraging what's in her to further God's kingdom. You see, we all have gifts. We all have talents. And for many of us, it's not singing and playing on stage, but we all, we all have a stage somewhere that our gifts and talents can step out on. It might be a stage that no one sees, but we all have a place we need to step out, and it's risky, it's scary. Or oftentimes we go, I'm just so busy. I, I'm busy doing all my stuff. I don't have time to, to, to use it for God's kingdom. And remember, remember who gave you that gift. Or perhaps we feel unworthy. So often we feel unworthy to go invest in God's kingdom or work in, or, or serve in a ministry because oh, if they only knew. Listen, we each have a stage in our lives that God's asking us to step up, up onto different sizes, different types. And in this video I'm going to show you is, is, a repre is representative of this. It takes a normal, everyday person, and he steps up on a stage, a very public one. And God might never, ever ask you to do this, but someone in your life is going to ask you to step out with your gifts and your talents. Now, you've probably seen this before. It's old. I looked for an updated version, but it's, this is just too good. It's a mobile phone salesman who's never sang publicly before, who's going to step up and, and see how it goes on Britain's Got Talent. And he is scared, and uh, he's never done this in public, so let's see when someone steps forward to present their gift and talent to the world. The next contestant, the world of showbiz seems a million miles away. It's Paul, a mobile phone salesman from South Wales. By day, I sell mobile phones. 
my dream is to spend my life doing what I feel that I was born to do. Paul, what are you here for today, Paul? To sing opera. I've always wanted to sing as a career. Confidence is, has always been sort of like a difficult thing for me. I've always found it a little bit difficult to be completely confident in myself. OK. Ready when you are. I love that video. And it's an invitation for each of us. Probably not to go on Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> it's an invitation for each of us to step out on a place where, we're, where there's risk or afraid to show the innate gifts and talents that God has placed in us in whatever it would be. Your gifts might lead you to step up on this stage. Some of you are gifted in that way. Your gifts might lead you to a kid's classroom or to work with our youth, or maybe to be a, a growth group host or a growth group leader. Maybe you have a leadership gifting, and man, we have a lot of places where we are looking to start new things with, with new leaders. Whatever it would be, find your stage and step up. And I do believe that when God sees us step up on a stage, wherever that would be in our life, and use the gift that he placed in there, he's the first person to stand and applaud. Not because the gift is so impressive, but because we're being faithful with the gift he's given. He loves it when his sons and daughters step up and he sees them using the gifts he's put in. And like a, like a mobile phone salesman, wherever it is, you're going to step out. You're going to be nervous. You're going to feel insecure. You're going to wonder, why did I even sign up for this? Why am I doing this? But it could be that nothing will ever be the same. And I can't imagine this church without... The people who are here every Sunday, like without Micah up here and some of the band that have invested their gifts. I can't imagine us without the gifts that we have, the people who, who serve to make every Sunday, the, the, the hundreds of hours that went into what we're going to have after the service. It could be that we leverage our gifts 
God sees our faithfulness and says, I can just see him saying, that's my girl. That's my son. Well done. Orchard, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful one. And it's on the other side of faithfulness. And we may have trusted Jesus for salvation, but now it's time to trust him with the gifts he's given us. We always have a saying, there's room for everyone at the orchard. And there's all kinds of gifts and talents in this room. And I want to promise you this. If you're gifted and talented, and we don't have a ministry that you fit into, we'll create one for your gifts and talents. You know, it's amazing to me, in, in this room alone, there is so much talent. God has placed so much gifting in this room alone that, that area codes could change. He leveraged all that we have for his glory and his purpose. And I believe God is calling us as a, as a church to step up so that people can see once again. Remember, it says that they will see the Father by our good works. As we love God and love people and we leverage our gifts, people will see the Father. What a privilege. So after this service, we're going to go out there and there's an expansion expo is what the staff named it. They named it that because it's, it's time to expand our influence. And for you, maybe expand your, your influence. And there's tables out there. And each table, think of them as a little stage where it's a little opportunity for you to step out. Which one could your gifts be most used in? Whatever your talent, whatever your gift, don't bury it. Don't spend it on your own purposes. It was given to you by the author of talent so that you can give it right back to him. One pastor said, life is God's gift to us, but what we do with it is our gift back to God. And that he placed these gifts within us and we say, thank you. These are from you and they're for you. It's time to step up. Don't let that voice tell you you're not that gifted. You don't have much to offer. The divine creator of the universe <clears throat> begs to differ with that voice. He knit you together. And he calls you to step forward and, and do something only you can do in a way only you can do it. Orchard, we say that 2020 is a year of bold decisions and deeper roots. And for some of us, that means we put deeper roots of, of service down or we're going to invest ourselves. And a bold decision is stepping out and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out and lead. I'm going to step out and serve. If you're here today and you have a prayer request, it doesn't matter if it's, it's about this sermon or if it's about anything else. And it doesn't matter if it's something huge or just something small. It's all, it's all important to us. We have some people who had a desire and they had an ability. And so they started a prayer corner back there. And they're available every Sunday to pray over you. They love praying for people. If you have a prayer request, go back there. And, and then we have communion this morning. If you're if your first time here, I want to tell you that this is an open communion. Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me. And so if you want to come forward and remember him and his sacrifice, I would, I would ask you to come take of the, the symbol of his blood and his body. But don't do it lightly. This is a reminder that there was a, a price tag for salvation. And so, Orchard, as we go into this time of reflection, as you may sit there with the elements, he has given and all he's done, and then thank him for the gifts and talents he put in you. And let's step out. Let's worship. Amen? Jesus, I ask right now that you would embody and be in this place in, in, in our worship. I pray you speak clearly by your Holy Spirit. And I pray for courage and boldness in each of us that we would step out with the gifts you've given us. Amen.